You are listening to Bitcoin, Blockchain and the Technologies of Our Future with Naomi Brockwell. say you've really clamped down with privacy on your phone, you've installed the best private messenger, you use the most private browser and search engine, you feel pretty good, right? But there's one thing that might still be leaking everything you do on your device, your keyboard. Think about it, our smartphones have become an extension of ourselves, allowing us to intimately communicate, do sensitive work and access the world around us by tapping on a screen. And the gateway to this world is the keyboard. It's where we type our searches, our credit card details, our passwords. How private is your phone keyboard? It depends which keyboard you're using. Not all keyboard apps on our phones are the same. Some people just use their built-in system keyboards. Others might download third-party keyboards. Some keyboards just talk locally to your device. Others might be sending off all your keystrokes to a centralized server. These have wildly different privacy implications. How do you tell the difference? Well, in this video, we're gonna dive into keyboard privacy and try to help you make sure that you're not accidentally giving away every key you type. Let's start by understanding what a virtual keyboard is and how it interacts with your device. When we use a computer, we have a physical device with keys that allows us to input text or numbers into the computer. When we have a device with just a screen, like an iPad or phone, we use a virtual keyboard, which is a software-based system that renders an image of a keyboard on the display and operates as a touchscreen for inputting keystrokes. Let's look at three types of virtual keyboards. First, there's the system keyboard. Your phone's operating system, like Android or iOS for example, comes with a built-in virtual keyboard. When you tap on a text input field, like in a search bar, SMS or Instagram comment, by default, your operating system's keyboard will appear. This is usually the case for all apps on your phone. By default, they generally use the operating system's built-in keyboard, but occasionally there are app-specific keyboards. Some apps might have unique requirements. For example, a musical instrument app might need a piano instead of letters. Others, like some banking apps, might have their own keyboard app for added security. Then there are third-party keyboards, keyboard apps that you install on your phone that you can set as your default keyboard instead of using the system's inbuilt keyboard. Some of the benefits of third-party keyboards so that they might offer more features than your system-provided keyboard, like swipe typing, custom themes, or support for multiple languages. You can often personalize them and do other specialized tasks like make custom emojis. Let's go through some examples of third-party keyboards and their uses. Gboard, originally known as Google Keyboard, can be considered both an inbuilt system keyboard and a third-party keyboard, depending on the device. Many Android devices include it as the default keyboard, but on phones like Samsung and LG, which don't by default include Gboard, users can choose to download and install it from the Play Store. Why might someone choose to install Gboard on their device? It has integrated Google Search that allows users to search directly from the keyboard without switching apps. You can switch between languages without changing keyboards. It offers glide typing and it has more accurate voice typing. Another popular third-party keyboard is SwiftKey by Microsoft, which learns from users' typing habits to offer more accurate word predictions, offers a bunch of customizable keyboard themes, predicts emojis, and it also offers language support for up to five languages simultaneously. 
Flexi supports all kinds of extensions and mini apps and is known for its speed focused typing experience and unique gesture based controls. Grammarly checks your grammar in real time and also provides explanations for the changes. Bitmoji allows you to send Bitmoji stickers directly from the keyboard. There are countless third party keyboard apps available that offer all kinds of functionality. But while these benefits are attractive, it's important that we also look at how each app handles privacy. We conduct sensitive activities on our keyboard, so it's vital that we make sure that we can really trust it. So what things do you need to look for when deciding whether to use a third party keyboard? First, how well do you know the developer and do you trust them? Before using any software, a user needs to be able to trust that the software isn't hiding anything malicious and is actually doing what it says it's doing. Your keyboard software is no different. This is a difficult problem to figure out. Really, you should only install something if you've heard of the company who manages it and you know that they have a good reputation. It seems unfair because there might be countless unknown developers who are creating really great products, but the stakes for your privacy and security are really high. It's kind of like accepting candy from strangers. While many might have good intentions, the risk involved for those who don't is too significant to ignore, so it's smart to be super careful. Then you should understand the technical details of how your keyboard handles your data. Does it send your keystrokes like all your personal messages, passwords and other sensitive information to centralized servers? This is how keyboards that allow you to do searches work and is also sometimes how those that check your spelling in real time work too. That's a huge privacy leak. Then there's a question of how that data is being transmitted back to these centralized servers. Is it being sent using proper encryption or can it also be intercepted and read by others who want to snoop on your activity. And once these keystrokes are collected, how is the information being stored and who has access to it? If there's a rogue employee or inevitable data breach, is all of your private information going to be leaked? You also have to be able to have confidence in the developer's technical abilities to ensure good security in the app, to make sure that it doesn't have bugs that hackers can use to get your information. Major operating system developers have extensive resources dedicated to security, while third party developers can vary wildly in terms of their technical abilities and security practices. Then there are permissions. One big issue with third party keyboards is that they often require extensive permissions, including what's termed as full access. This permission allows the keyboard to communicate outside of its standalone application, potentially accessing the internet and sending data back to its developers or servers. While some permissions may be understandable, such as full network access for online functionalities like gift search, the extent of these permissions often raises eyebrows. If a keyboard is requesting a large number of permissions, you should be skeptical. For example, what would a keyboard need access to your location for? Does your keyboard really need access to the storage? Does it need access to your microphone, especially if it doesn't have a voice to text option? Does the app need to be running in the background while not in use? Granting broad permissions can potentially expose users to unnecessary privacy risks. So you should be mindful of the permissions that your keyboard asks for. Finally, keyboards can also have trackers in them. You can do research on both the trackers and permissions required by apps that you install by using websites like Exodus, which is a privacy audit platform for Android. So now that we know some potential red flags to look out for, let's take a closer look at some different keyboard apps. 
the unfortunate reality is that a lot of these keyboards actually don't hold up under scrutiny. AI Type was a popular keyboard that in 2017 leaked the personal information of over 31 million customers because of a lack of password protection on the company's database server. This breach exposed names, phone numbers, email addresses, and even text typed using the keyboard. SwiftKey experienced a data leak after being acquired by Microsoft. Apparently, users reported that the keyboard was suggesting private email addresses to other SwiftKey users, which is a terrifying breach. On top of that, SwiftKey has three trackers and requires 21 permissions in order to operate, including your precise location. Why does my keyboard need my precise location? Citizen Labs, a security firm in Canada, found serious problems in Sogu, a Chinese language keyboard with several hundred million users. They reported that Sogu not only records and sends out all keystrokes to centralized servers as part of its ordinary functionality, but they used a flawed custom encryption method that allowed this data to be intercepted and decrypted. Many people question whether this was done intentionally. Having a third-party keyboard installed on your phone, even if you don't use it, can still pose significant security and privacy risks because of all the permissions that you're granting it. And maybe you're diligent about only granting the necessary permissions, but keeping dormant software on your device increases the risk of vulnerabilities. For example, in 2019, Apple's iOS 13 had a bug that granted third-party keyboards full access to iPhones even when users had them turned off. Now let's dive into system keyboards and see if those that Apple and Google have bundled with your phone are any better. Built-in system keyboards provided by the OS can vary wildly in how they're implemented and how they treat your data. We'll start with Apple's iOS keyboard. By default, it does record some data, and Apple isn't really transparent about what data it collects from the keyboard. Apple's documentation says that the data they collect from its keyboard is used to find out what their users are doing, from the emojis we most frequently use to identifying new trending words. This means that with iPhone analytics enabled, some of our keyboard activity is being sent to Apple. One thing that Apple does do to try to protect user privacy is implement a technique called differential privacy. Privacy. This is where random noise is added to the keystrokes before they're submitted to Apple to prevent that data from being tied back to specific users. The effectiveness of differential privacy depends on a variable known as the privacy loss parameter, or epsilon, which is a measure of how specific the data being sent back to Apple is. Imagine you have a slider that when set to the very left end preserves total privacy of individuals in the data set by adding a large amount of noise to the data. The trade-off is that the aggregate stats that Apple's now collecting are inaccurate. That same slider, if set to the very right end, gives perfect accuracy to the aggregate stats, but now users have lost all their privacy. The closer the epsilon value is to zero, the higher the noise, and therefore the higher the privacy protection. To put it in perspective, many in the academic community consider an epsilon value of one or less to be a good privacy protection standard, and anything above a one, a serious privacy compromise. But when researchers reverse engineered Apple software, the epsilon value was a whopping 14. This figure is way above what is acceptable and basically means that while Apple does use differential privacy, at the level of settings it uses, 
it offers very little privacy protection. On top of that, Apple keeps both the code and the epsilon value secret, which means that they could change it at any time. One thing that we'd recommend is to opt out of iPhone analytics entirely, which reduces the amount of data tracking. I'm turning off the switch. However, even with this setting opted out of, the security team MISC uncovered that Apple still collects extremely detailed data of your usage from different apps. It's unclear whether this includes data from your keyboard, because even if you inspect the data being created inside the keyboard process while it's running, the keyboard process might be caching the data somewhere and having another process pick it up and send it off. But switch off analytics regardless. Your keyboard and everything else will still function great without it and you'll have better privacy. What about Google's Gboard? It uses a different approach. Instead of using differential privacy, which uploads your data with noise added, Google uses what it calls federated learning. Federated learning works by downloading the latest text prediction model to your device. It improves it by learning from behavior data on your phone and then sends a summary of the changes to the cloud instead of the raw data. This sounds great because your raw data doesn't leave your device. Unfortunately, recent studies have shown attacks where the raw data could be reconstructed, breaking the privacy of federated learning. For example, this paper shows how the sentence a user types on their mobile handset when sending text messages can be reconstructed with high accuracy. Federated learning, while turned on by default, can be opted out of. Just go into Gboard settings and click privacy and turn it off. But this only stops federated learning. And it's important to know that your data is still being sent off your device. Only it's very difficult to be able to tell whether that data is coming from the keyboard itself or not. Ultimately, both Gboard and iOS keyboards are closed source. So there's no way to verify that they don't send off your keystrokes when analytics and learning are turned off. And in both cases, there is no easy way to disable keyboard permissions for network access to rule this out. According to Exodus Privacy, Gboard also requires 16 permissions, including the ability to find accounts on the device and read your contacts. So what are our options? Ultimately, for the best privacy, you might want to opt for an operating system that isn't collecting all your data, like Google and Apple are for Android and iOS. We recommend Graphene OS, which is a security and privacy-focused mobile OS based on Android that doesn't rely on any services from Google. Graphene OS uses the Android open source project keyboard as its built-in system keyboard without relying on Google's proprietary binaries. It's a complicated way of saying that it's a clean version that doesn't use any of the closed source Google-specific components. Like the operating system itself, Graphene's keyboard is designed to prioritize privacy and security, ensuring that typed data isn't shared or compromised. As it's open source, users have a better chance of being able to verify that the keyboard is doing what it says it's doing. And since Graphene OS doesn't include Google services or other telemetry services, there's no inherent data collection or phoning home from the keyboard or the OS itself. Finally, Graphene OS has no ties to any large data-driven corporations. It doesn't have a central company like Google or Apple behind it with a vested interest in user data for advertising. So using the built-in system keyboard on an operating system like Graphene is a great choice for privacy. 
However, if you aren't willing to make the switch to another operating system just yet, there are also some more privacy-preserving third-party keyboards that you can consider. AnySoft Keyboard is open source and one of the most mature alternative options out there, jam-packed with features and configurations. It's one of the few keyboards with support for gesture typing and is also famous for its ability to choose multiple keyboard layouts as well. It's great for someone who wants to be able to really customize their experience. Its autocorrect and auto-suggest features are also not sending your queries anywhere outside your phone, but are based off of your local data and dictionaries. OpenBoard is another solid option that's based on Android's open source project keyboard. The keyboard offers a lot of the core features that we expect from modern keyboards, such as multi-language support and autocorrect and suggestions. In my experience, it offers the best autocorrect feature of all the open source options. Like any soft keyboard, OpenBoard's autocorrect is also based on local information and doesn't send queries off the phone. However, it is still lacking features such as glide typing. A popular newcomer is FloristBoard, which is still in early beta but has some nice theming options and recently added gesture typing. It also lacks autocorrect features, but that's on its roadmap. Simple Keyboard is another option, and as its name suggests, is minimalistic, offering the bare minimum of what a virtual keyboard should do. All of these alternatives are open source and free, but keep in mind that just because something's open source, it doesn't mean that it's safe. It depends if anyone is actually auditing the code, so you should still be careful what you install. For those migrating from Gboard, OpenBoard and AnySoft Keyboard probably offer the closest experience and have decent autocorrect features. Apple users don't have many choices and are probably best sticking with the inbuilt system keyboard with iPhone analytics disabled. One potential option if you don't want to use Apple's keyboard is Flexi. It claims to be privacy-centric, but because it's proprietary and closed source, there's no way to verify its claims. Its privacy policy is somewhat tough to navigate to and says that it can and collect precise location data to provide location-based services, which in our opinion is outside the scope of what a keyboard should do. According to Exodus, they have six trackers and require 19 permissions. So again, we think the best option for iOS is just the inbuilt keyboard with analytics disabled. One thing to keep in mind with software is that these apps can be updated and their permissions changed at any time. So it's important to stay vigilant and check for updated information since this video is released before installing anything. It's also important to understand that your keyboard can undermine the privacy of even the most privacy-focused apps. For example, you might be using Signal, a really great private messenger that encrypts your messages before sending them out. But if you're using a keyboard app that doesn't protect your privacy and is sending your keystrokes before the message is even encrypted, then you've completely undermined your privacy. This feels wrong. I'm a peacekeeping program created to help. A third-party keyboard app isn't just something that you should add to your phone because it offers some cool features. It's a critical decision for user privacy, and the integrity of your keyboard underpins the privacy of your whole device. Choose wisely. NBTV is funded by community donations. If you'd like to support our free educational content, please visit mbtv.media slash support and take a look at our book, Beginner's Introduction to Privacy, that also supports our channel. Liking, sharing, and commenting on our videos also really helps us. Thank you so much for watching through till the end. Okay, I didn't want to have to have this conversation, but I get so many comments about this. I feel like it needs to be addressed. I, I pronounce it data. 
And that is an acceptable way to pronounce data. The same way that I pronounce tomato, tomato, and chance, chance, and dance, dance. I, I have a different accent to maybe some of the people watching, and that's okay. Please, please stop telling me I pronounced data incorrectly. All right, this was a really good chat. Thanks, everyone. I'm a Bitcoin, staring, I'm 